Good evening to our listeners and viewers. Welcome to today's Health Literacy and Psychosocial Virtual Session in support of patients living with chronic illnesses, presented to you by Sawopa. My name is Dr. Putuka. I'm a general practitioner with an interest in holistic well-being. And I will be talking to you about a topic that is very close to my heart today, HIV and AIDS. It's close to my heart because I've seen what lifestyle modification and adherence to treatment antiretroviral medication can do for patients living with HIV and AIDS. Okay, before I get to the details of the presentation, let me ask this question. Are you living with HIV? If so, treatment with antiretroviral medication can improve your quality of life and help you stay healthier for longer. But starting treatment is a very big decision. To get the most benefit from HIV drugs, they must be used just the way they are prescribed Taking your treatment correctly is as important as which drugs you and your healthcare provider choose. So before you get started, it is important to be prepared and commit to taking your HIV drugs the right way every day for your own health. This takes a combination of the right healthcare provider, enough knowledge about HIV, and a positive attitude. While there is no cure for HIV and AIDS, new drug therapies have been highly effective in delaying the onset of AIDS. Medications also help prevent and treat complications as well as infections. Now let's get to the basics of HIV and AIDS. What is HIV? HIV stands for Human Immunodeficiency Virus, which is the virus that causes HIV infection. HIV attacks and destroys the infection-fighting CD4 cells of the immune system. These cells are commonly referred to as the soldiers of the body. The loss of CD4 cells makes it difficult for the body to fight off infections and certain cancers. What HIV does is that it weakens a person's immune system by destroying important cells that fight disease and infection. Without treatment, HIV can gradually destroy the immune system and HIV infection advances to AIDS. What is AIDS? AIDS stands for Acquired Immunodeficiency Syndrome, And as I have already mentioned, AIDS is the most advanced stage of HIV infection. There is currently no effective cure for HIV, but with proper medical care, HIV can be controlled. People with HIV who get effective HIV treatment can live long, healthy lives and protect their partners. Having mentioned all of this, now how is HIV spread? The spread of HIV from person to person is called HIV transmission. HIV is spread only through certain body fluids from a person who has HIV infection. These body fluids include 
but are not limited to blood. This can be through a blood transfusion with blood that is contaminated. However, in South Africa, our blood is thoroughly tested for HIV, so uh, it's not very common. And um, sharing of needles, you know, drug users can transmit HIV by sharing um, injections. It can also be transmitted through semen, through preseminal fluids, through vaginal fluids, through rectal fluids, and through breast milk. HIV transmission, remember, it's only transmitted through contact with an HIV-infected body fluid. The spread of HIV from a woman with HIV to her child during pregnancy, childbirth, or breastfeeding is referred to as perinatal transmission of HIV. Remember, you cannot get HIV by shaking hands or hugging a person who has HIV. You also cannot get HIV from contact with objects such as dishes, toilet seats, or doorknobs used by a person living with HIV. HIV, it is not spread through the air or water or by mosquito bites, by ticks, or any other blood-sucking insects. Okay, I've mentioned that there is currently no effective cure for HIV. With proper medical care, HIV can be controlled. And how do I know if I have HIV? The only way to know for sure that you have HIV is to get tested. Knowing your status helps you make healthy decisions to prevent getting or transmitting HIV. So what does this say? If you test negative, you should continue leading a healthy sexual lifestyle and maintain your negative status. If you test positive, remember, it's important to know that a positive HIV test is not a death sentence. You can still lead a healthy, long, happy life. So what must you do? If you test positive, you need to consult. You need to be on treatment. You need to stay on treatment. So what am I saying? You need to be adherent to treatment. You take your treatment every day as prescribed by your doctor, and you need to be followed up by your treating doctor to be monitored. You are monitored clinically, you are monitored immunologically, and we also look at your, C your CD4 cell count to ensure that we maintain uh, your negative status or to make sure that we keep you at a high CD4 level or we keep your viral load at very low levels that it is not detected. And uh, just for those who do not know, but I'm sure everyone knows this, World AIDS Day is celebrated on the 1st of December every year. And this is an opportunity to unite in the fight against HIV AIDS, to show support for those who have been diagnosed and to remember those who have been lost to the disease. World AIDS Day is not just about raising awareness of global HIV AIDS statistics, although this is very important, but it is actually about teaching the public the truth about the virus, how it is spread, its symptoms, and treatments.
And of course, World AIDS Day is also a solid reminder that we still need to fight the stigmas attached to an HIV AIDS diagnosis. So are there any symptoms for HIV? Yes, we do have symptoms, but these symptoms are nonspecific. Some people may have flu-like symptoms within two to four weeks after infection, and this period is referred to as an acute HIV infection. These symptoms may last a few days or several weeks, and possible symptoms include the following. A patient may present with um, fever, chills, a body rash, night sweats, muscle aches, sore throat, fatigue, swollen lymph nodes, mouth ulcers, but some people may not feel sick during the acute HIV infection. These symptoms don't mean you have HIV. Remember, other illnesses can cause these symptoms. So we actually have three stages of HIV. Uh, stage one, commonly known as acute HIV infection. In this stage, people have a large amount of HIV in their blood. They are very contagious. Some people may have flu-like symptoms, as mentioned above. And this is the body's natural response to infection. But some people may not feel sick right away or at all. If you have flu-like symptoms and you think you may have been exposed to HIV, seek medical care and ask for a test to diagnose acute infection. Only antigen antibody tests or nucleic acid test, referred to as NET, can diagnose acute infection. Stage two, we have chronic HIV infection. This stage is also called asymptomatic HIV infection or clinical latency. HIV is still active, but it reproduces at very low levels. People may not have any symptom or get sick during this phase. Without taking HIV medicine, this period may last a decade or even longer, but some may progress faster. We have rapid progressors. These are those who progress faster and we have slow progressors. These may take very, very long before they can even tell that they are positive. Unless they get tested, they may not know for years. And people can transmit HIV in this phase. At the end of this phase, the amount of HIV in the blood, which is commonly referred to as viral load, it goes up. And the CD4 cell count, these are the soldiers of the body, goes down. The person may have symptoms as the virus levels increase in the body and the person moves into stage three. People who take HIV medicine as prescribed may never move into stage three. So what is stage three? Stage three is referred to as acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. This is the most severe phase of infection, of HIV infection. People with AIDS have such badly damaged immune systems 
that they get an increasing number of severe illnesses. This is referred to as opportunistic infections. These include, but are not limited to tuberculosis, pneumonia, pneumocystic carinine pneumonia, Kaposi's sarcoma, and so forth. People receive an AIDS diagnosis when their CD4 cell count drops to below 200 cells, or if they develop certain opportunistic infections. People with AIDS can have a very high viral load and be very infectious. Without treatment, people with AIDS typically survive about three years. Uh, this is just an image of um, main symptoms of acute infection. Just to repeat what I mentioned, patients may present with, in the, in the acute phase, patients may present with fever, weight loss, mouth sores, esophageal sores, muscle pain. Some may even present with liver and spleen enlargement. They may present with central, like they may present with general malaise headache, neuropathy, lymphadenopathy, as mentioned, a skin rash, or a patient may present with um, nausea and vomiting. What are the main symptoms of the final stage of um, HIV, which is AIDS? Central, centrally, they can develop encephalitis and meningitis. They can develop retinitis in the eye. We've mentioned um, pneumocystic carinae, pneumonia, tuberculosis, tumors, uh, skin tumors, Yokaposi sarcoma, and they may also develop gastrointestinal symptoms, esophagitis, chronic diarrhea, and tumors of the gastrointestinal system. So before we talk about sharing, this is just an image that shows the effects of HIV on the body. Flu-like symptoms, which we have mentioned. A patient may present with anxiety and depression. Patients may all of a sudden present with seizures, mouth ulcers, swollen glands. Uh, remember, swelling of glands could mean that the body is trying to fight off an infection. This may also, patients may also present with a heart strain, eating problems. For example, if you've got esophagitis, it's, it's very difficult to swallow, so you may not be able to eat. Patients may also present with shingles. Some patients may present with diarrhea, uh, a bumpy skin, itchiness, a common symptom of some of the skin-related disorders that are associated with HIV. Patients may also present with skin sores, dementia, fatigue, chronic cough, respiratory infections, and they may also present with hypertension, probably because they stress a lot, neuropathy, and actually the immune system may be under attack. And they may also finally present with aches and pains, and they may not be able to, to balance their bodies. Now let's get to testing. There are three types of tests that are available. We have nucleic acid tests, known as NET. We have antigen-antibody tests and antibody tests. HIV tests are typically performed on blood or oral fluid. They may also be performed on urine. A NET test looks for the actual virus in the blood 
and it involves drawing blood from a vein. The test can either tell if a person has HIV or it can also be used to tell how much virus is present in the body. This is referred to as HIV viral load test. While NET tests can detect HIV sooner than other types of tests, this test is very expensive and it is not routinely used for screening individuals unless they recently had a high-risk exposure or a possible exposure and have early symptoms of HIV infection. The second test that we can do is an antigen-antibody test, which looks for HIV antibodies as well as antigens. Antibodies are produced by your immune system when you are exposed to viruses like HIV. Antigens are foreign substances that cause your immune system to be activated. If you have HIV, an antigen called P24 is produced even before antibodies can develop. Antigen and Antigen antibody tests are recommended for testing and they are usually done in the labs. This test involves drawing blood from a vein as well. There is also a rapid antigen antibody test that is available that is done with a finger prick. This is the one that is commonly used for screening. And then we also have HIV antibody tests, which only look for antibodies to HIV in your blood or oral fluid. In general, antibody tests that use blood from a vein can detect HIV sooner after infection than tests done with blood from a finger prick or with oral fluid. Most rapid tests and the only currently self-approved HIV self-tests are antibody tests. So we have the liberty of testing ourselves in the comfort of our homes but I would recommend that you do not test yourself alone. You test yourself with someone who can help you interpret the results and to help you seek further um, uh, help should you test positive. And how soon after an exposure to HIV can a test detect if you have HIV? No HIV test can detect HIV immediately after infection. If you think you have been exposed to HIV in the past 72 hours, you need to talk to your healthcare provider about post-exposure prophylaxis right away. The time between when a person may have been exposed to HIV and when a test can tell for sure whether they have the virus is called the window period. The window period varies from person to person and depends on the type of test used to detect HIV. A nucleic acid test can usually tell if you have HIV 10 to 33 days after an exposure. An antigen antibody test performed by a laboratory on blood from a vein um, can usually detect HIV 18 to 45 days after exposure and antibody tests can take 23 to 90 days to detect HIV after an exposure. If you get an HIV test after a potential HIV exposure and the result is negative, you need to get tested again after the window period. Remember, you can only be sure you are HIV negative 
if your most recent test is negative after the window period and you haven't had a potential HIV exposure during the window period. If you do have a potential exposure, then you will need to be retested. Um, now let's talk about treatment. Scientists have developed drugs that stop HIV from making copies of itself. This is the developed drugs that prevent the virus from multiplying in the body. And these drugs are grouped into classes. Each class of drugs works to stop HIV at a certain point in its life cycle. And there are six classes of drugs. Remember, we do not have a cure for HIV, but we have drugs that can prevent it from multiplying in the body. So the first class that we will talk about is um, entry inhibitors. These are also known as fusion inhibitors. They are a class of antiviral drugs that prevent a virus from entering a cell, for example, by blocking a receptor. And this may include attachment receptors, post-attachment receptors, and CCR5 antagonists. Then we also have integrase inhibitors. Integrase inhibitors are a class of antiviral drugs designed to block the action of integrase, which is a viral enzyme that inserts the viral genome into the DNA of the host cell. Since integration is a vital step in retroviral replication, blocking it can halt further spread of the virus. Then we also have nucleoside, also known as nucleotide reverse transcriptase inhibitors, commonly known as NUCs or NRTIs. And we have non-nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors, commonly known as non-NUCs or NNRTIs. These reverse transcriptase inhibitors inhibit the activity of reverse transcriptase, which is a viral DNA polymerase that is required for the replication of HIV and other retroviruses. Then we also have protease inhibitors. Protease inhibitor drugs block the action of protease enzyme. They prevent viral replication by selectively binding to viral proteases, for example, HIV-1 protease, and blocking proteolytic cleavage of protein precursors that are necessary for the production of infectious viral particles. And finally, we have boosting agents. These are booster drugs that are used to boost the effect of protease inhibitors and some other antiretrovirals. Adding a small dose of a booster drug to an antiretroviral makes the liver break down uh, the primary drug more slowly, which means that it stays in the body for longer or at a higher level. An example of a booster agent is Ritonavir. HIV drugs are always used in combination to attack the virus at different points in its life cycle. This usually means using drugs from at least two different classes. And with HIV patients, when you take HIV treatment to treat HIV, you need to be on at least three drugs. And if you, you are living, uh, if you are living a, a high-risk 
behavior, we can put you on pre-exposure prophylaxis, whereby we can give you only two antiretrovirals. Uh, remember, combining HIV drugs is the best way to reduce the amount of HIV in your blood. And there are also fixed dose combination pills that are now that include more than one drug. Commonly used drug is TLD, which has tenofovir, lamivudine, and dolutegravir. So what is the goal of treatment? The goal of these drugs is to reduce the amount of HIV in the, in the body, which is referred to as viral load, to levels that are undetectable. This slows down the pro progression of HIV and helps treat symptoms. Okay, and uh, before you start HIV treatment, your healthcare worker will take bloods, which are referred to as baseline bloods. This includes uh, your CD4 cell count uh, to check the strength of your immune system. And then we also do a viral load to measure the amount of HIV in your blood. And uh, we also do a full blood count, a lipid profile, your liver functions, glucose, uh, just to make sure that we have the baseline test because some of the drugs will interfere with your kidneys. They may interfere with, with, with your, your liver. So we need to have baseline so that when we repeat the bloods at either six months or 12 months, we know what we can compare it to. So we've said uh, treatment goals are to get your viral load to be as low as possible for as long as you live, to preserve or improve the health of your immune system by increasing the number of your CD4 cells, to improve your quality of life and reduce illness, and to reduce your risk of passing uh, or transmitting HIV to others. Now let's talk about adherence. Whenever you start treatment, you need to take the drugs on schedule and exactly as prescribed. This is referred to as adherence. To get the most benefit from HIV therapy, good adherence is required. This is because HIV drugs need to stay at a certain level in your body to fight the virus. If the drug levels falls, the HIV may have a chance to fight back and uh, a patient may end up developing resistance. So you should not skip dose. You should take your, dose, your doses at the same time every day and not you know you, need, you also need to follow food requirements as prescribed by your treating healthcare worker remember if you forget take your drugs as soon as you remember and then uh, resistance well after starting hiv drugs you should see that your viral load will decrease and your cd4 cell count will increase over time how, however we've seen with other patients the viral load increases it doesn't change and we also see that the cd4 cell count keeps on dropping and dropping and uh, this is usually when a drug can no longer fight off um, hiv effectively or the virus has become resistant to the drug if you develop resistance you will likely have to change some of the drugs in your regimen the combination of different medications that you are taking and if your viral load goes up while you are still taking your hiv drugs the healthcare provider should offer you a resistance test. This test will help the provider to find out which drugs you are resistant to 
and they may be replaced by drugs that will actually help you. It may be difficult to find a new regimen, so I advise you to please stay on your medication. So now let's talk, let's go to the take home message. Know your status. If you test negative, well done. Continue living a sexually healthy lifestyle. If you test positive, remember I said, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you need to be on treatment. You need to stay on treatment. You need to be adherent to your treatment. And you also need to have uh, a positive attitude. When you think about starting treatment, it is important to have you know, a very good attitude. It can be helpful to believe that starting treatment is the right decision for you. The HIV drugs will help you fight the virus and you can take your medication right away. It may also help to think about the reason why you are starting treatment to keep yourself in good health, whether for your own sake or for the good of your family. And remember, the best way to fight resistance is to take your drugs exactly as um, directed. So what are the benefits of starting treatment early? A longer life, having a high CD4 cell count that can fight infections and keeping it high, preventing further damage to the immune system, decreasing the risk for HIV-related and non-HIV-related health problems, reducing your risk of transmitting or passing HIV to others, a child or your sexual partner, and eliminating your risk of transmitting uh, HIV to anyone that you come into contact with. And what is the risk of starting treatment late? A shorter life, having a severely weakened immune system. This means that it can take longer to restore your immune system to full strength and you to full health. Recent studies have shown that delaying treatment can increase the chances that people living with HIV will develop HIV. And um, finally, if you don't take your treatment, you increase your chances of passing HIV to others, including sexual, health care, sexual partners and your babies. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the presentation.